listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. Welcome to the program wherever you are on planet Earth. I want to talk about the global economic system and what is happening behind the scenes with the global economic system, specifically the Great Reset. And let's, let's just begin by stating that the Great Reset is not what it pretends to be. As with most of these uh, uh, plans and uh, institutions that, that use fancy words <clears throat> to conceal what they're really all about, the Great Reset by Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, you and I both know that a wolf comes to devour the sheep, rip them to shreds in a, in a blood frenzy to feed themselves. Wolves are hardcore predatory animals. It's also interesting to, to, to note that in the Bible, Jesus Christ especially refers to parables uh, involving the wolf, the, the good shepherd, and the sheep. Those are all very important biblical symbols. So let's make this really simple, but let's, let's take a deep dive right into the center of this portal of truth. Number one, Jesus said that uh, beware of wolves that go around dressed up in sheep's clothing. So Jesus was talking about a particular kind of wolf that gets away with its evil deeds because it knows how to conceal itself and look like the opposite of what it is. It actually is a wolf, but it also uh, comes looking like an angel. So the wolf has an incredible ability to deceive. Now, what is the, the goal of the wolf? Let's 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 not make any mistakes here. Let's have precision where precision is needed. The wolf is all about the destruction and the death of the sheep. Because the wolf, its primary source of food, is sheep. And so Jesus Christ in the Bible is portrayed as the good shepherd. And so we, we are to perceive Jesus Christ as a good shepherd with holding up one of those big shepherd sticks. And Jesus Christ is trying to move his people into discipleship, into obeying him, where they will be protected. But sheep are notorious for uh, getting caught up and daydreaming and, and disappearing off the path that God has for them. And they are often, sheep are often easy prey for the wolves to devour. So let's take this parable and apply it to reality. Because if you read a passage of the Bible and you can't apply it to reality, you are, you are either in some kind of self-induced hypnotic state or you're crazy. If you can't apply the Bible to reality, then you, you're on a fool's errand. And, and, and the vast majority of churches and seminaries, not all, they're notable exceptions, but the vast majority of them, I mean, their miss, mission statement might as well be a fool's errand. That's our mission statement. We are on a fool's errand. 
because they don't recognize the basics. They don't recognize the basic biblical teaching that there is evil in the world. That evil is personal. And in the Bible, evil is often presented as a wolf dressed in sheep's clothing. And that is a type of Satan. And its purpose is to devour the sheep of God. So God is the good shepherd. It's also interesting to note that uh, a man that God raised up in the Old Testament in a very powerful way was King David, who at one time was nothing more than an obscure shepherd boy. He was a shepherd of his family's flock. But he was faithful. Those were kind of low-level duties. But he was faithful in guarding and protecting the flock of God or the sheep of God. And David used one of those sticks uh, to, to guide the sheep and beat off the, the, the wolves. But David also became an expert at using a slingshot. And so if a, a wolf was coming down in preparation to devour the sheep or God's people, David had developed quite a bit of expertise, and he could fling that that stone in the slingshot, and he could hit the wolf in the head with such precision that the wolf would drop dead, and the sheep would be protected. And David was eternally vigilant on the lookout to protect his father's flock. It's a type of Jesus and God the Father. So here we are in America today, and these same uh, themes are reemerging before our eyes. We have countless millions of sheep in America and around the world. Those are people, uh, many of whom claim to be God's people, thus God's sheep. But they're not really the kind of sheep that are following close after their master. They're, they're prone to going their own way, and because they're deserting the ways of the Word of God and the ways of the Good Shepherd, they've placed themselves in an elevated position of vulnerability in which the, the wolves are tracking them from a concealed distance, but the wolves can smell the sheep in the distance. And when they think it's all clear, then the wolves just pounce on the sheep and devour them. And that's exactly what the the giant Goliath would have done to the armies of Israel. He would have devoured them, along with the Syrian armies behind him, in blood. And the only thing that stopped that was one man under the anointing of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God, power from on high. One man stopped him, and that was David. David's brothers mocked him and accused him of trying to, you know, to, to worm his way up the ranks and become the big shot. Well, he wasn't trying to become the big shot. He was obedient to the call of God on his heart and life. And let me just stop this program right now, the Paul McGuire Report, for just a second and ask you the same question that was asked of David. Right now in your life, Are you being obedient to the call of God in your life? And there's really only two answers. Yes, I am being obedient to the call of God in my life. Or the other answer, which is, no, I'm not being obedient to the call of God in my life. 
Now, that's probably one of the most important questions you, you will ever be asked. But it implies that God has a mission for you. It implies that God has a call on each one of our lives, no matter what our station is in life. And each one of us, if we're really honest, and if we're really honest and we're not playing church and we're not playing religion and we're not faking it, and let's be really honest, because I'm not into this halfway honesty baloney. Did you hear what I said? I'm not into this halfway honest baloney. No, I don't consider myself spiritually superior. I don't consider myself more holy than anybody else. I am saved by grace, just like you are, which means unmerited favor. So don't think that in my private moments I think I'm better or more spiritual than anybody else, because I don't. I know who I am in my sinful human nature, and so do you. I am a fallen creature, just like you are. I was born in sin that came from Adam and Eve. And anything good in my life is a product of the grace or unmerited favor of God. So God asked me that question, Paul. uh, are Are you answering the call and the command that I've put on your life? Or are you pretending not to hear me? Are you making up creative excuses? like many, many, many of my people do in America. You know, America did not go into a free-fall, downward spiral, spiritually, by accident. I mean, anybody who thinks that should be given a ceremony, and in that ceremony, uh, they should be classified ceremonially a moron, because that's like stupid thinking. America... Anyone who claims to be a Christian and cannot see that America is, is violently hemorrhaging, it's dying. You understand what I'm saying? It's dying. And the fall of America will be brutal beyond your worst conceptualization. Because God gave America so many unique blessings and privileges. God has and had a special call on America to preach the gospel into all the world, to to win souls for Jesus Christ. The pilgrims and Puritans, they knew this, and our entire government, our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, they were all set up to ensure that we would always have the freedom of religion, the freedom of speech, the freedom of the press, the, the freedom of assembly, and so on, to fulfill our primary mission which is America is supposed to be a light uh, on a hill for the nations concerning the kingdom of God. But just like ancient Israel, the pilgrims and Puritans were faithful in their assignment from God. But as time went by and God began to supernaturally prosper and raise up America so so that America was raised up above all the other nations on planet Earth. Supernaturally, the secret to America's success was not uh, an abundance of mineral resources, the fact that our continent lies between the Pacific Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean, the weather, uh, all the things that the materialists attempt to attribute as being the foundation for America's success. 
all those people who are materialists are wrong. They've come to a false conclusion because they have an internal bias regarding God's existence. I mean, you, if, you're, if you're intelligent and supposedly rational, you can't even entertain the idea of debating God's existence because the rational and logical and cognitive response to the question, is the biblical God alive? Is the biblical God real? Is yes, of course he is. Because everything in nature, everything in culture and in men and women, everything uh, that was used that was good to construct America is all solid proof or scientific evidence for the reality of the biblical God. And it is also the defeat through logic and reason of the fictitious God of random chance and, and, you know, weirdness by Charles Darwin and company. So, this is the critical issue here. The enemies of Jesus Christ, and anyone who is opposing Jesus Christ, either overtly or covertly, or opposing Jesus Christ by defaulting on not being obedient to the command that Jesus Christ is giving to you right now. You're in rebellion from the call of God, and you're in a very serious state of sin, and you will face God's law and God's judgment. Now, the judgment you will face will not be the uh, great white throne of judgment. If you're truly saved, you're saved. But you will stand before what is called the judgment seat of Christ, where God will evaluate or judge your faithfulness to fulfill his assignments and your faithfulness in things like soul winning and taking care of the poor and other things. And you will stand at the judgment seat of Christ with all other Christians, and everything that you truly did for God out of a pure heart you will be rewarded for by God. But everything you did for self, for self-promotion, for sinful ambitions, everything you did for self-centeredness, um, that will literally burn up in your life like wood, hay, and stubble. So you will be like a man or a woman whose house caught on fire, and the wood, hay, and stubble, or the self-works of self-righteousness are burning up all around you. And by the grace of God, you will escape just before that house burns down and collapses. Because the grace of God is on you. But you didn't please God. There'll be no reward for you, except the big one, which is, of course, thank God you made it into heaven. But by the skin of your teeth. So, now let's transpose these truths to America. It is an accurate, it's a 100% accurate analysis of where exactly America is and the American people are and the American church is at this moment in time and history. We're in the last days, um, and we have been called by God to preach the gospel in the last days. And that requires, first, that we're clothed with power from on high. We're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. 
and that, of course, we obey him by faith and do the very things he's calling us to do. If every Christian would even fulfill uh, an increased fraction of what they were called to do, we can literally change the, the direction of the spiritual war in America within months. Understand this principle, please. The hardcore communist revolutionaries all understand this. In every nation in which there has been an all-out communist revolution, like communist China and communist Russia, etc., every single one of those nations, those communist leaders understood that it only took approximately 4% of the population of those nations, only 4% of their people had to turn or flip towards communism. And once they got a dedicated 4% to become communists, then they could control the future of that nation and control the destiny of that nation. Americans are under the delusion that you have to have a, excuse me, a statistical majority to win. No, you don't. You just need a dedicated 4%. So here's the question. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. I have been doing this for 30-plus years on a vast spectrum of media, um, reaching millions and millions of people over 30-plus years on television, on radio, on podcasting, on film, on conferences, churches. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. But God came to me at numerous times in my life, and I experienced what I would say was his call. And remember, I was raised a hardcore atheist, secular humanist, and I was, by the time I was 13 or 14 years old, I was a radical activist in the counterculture of the 1960s, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, revolution, all that stuff. And I was miraculously saved. But then God began to call me. And God called me supernaturally by the power of his Holy Spirit. God called me in his still small voice to do what I'm doing right now. So by the grace of God, I've been faithfully blowing the trumpet of warning, the shofar, for over 30 years. And I continue to do it now. Because we have never been in more perilous times with, with greater danger. There is, hidden by the illusion, most Christians in America are, have been seduced by the illusion or the delusion, the great apostasy, the great falling away of the, the Christians in the last days. They've been seduced by the lies of humanism. Edenism and communism and Marxism, or they've been seduced into some aberrant strain of Christian theology where they think they don't have to do anything and they're, they're exempt for participation in the spiritual war. Right now, in America, God is calling, at this second, God is calling millions of people in a variety of ways. He's speaking to their hearts. He's laying a burden for people. Maybe that burden expresses itself in a parent's burden for its children or whatever, or burden for our nation and our freedoms and our future. And God is calling you. God is asking you to join up with him 
in this greatest spiritual battle for the hearts and souls of mankind in the history of the world. So even now, you listening to my voice, Paul McGuire, you can sense underneath my voice the call of the Spirit of Almighty God, and God is calling you right now to pick up and follow him. Be a closer disciple, and God is calling you right now. It's not your imagination. He is actually calling you right now to be faithful in fulfilling your mission. And he's spoken to you in counsel, in rebuke, in wisdom, and he's shown you through himself and other people and ministries like mine, he's shown you exactly what the consequences will be if the people who are being called by him don't respond and don't obey his call. It will be the unfolding of a nightmare beyond any of your wildest expectations. It will make Nazi Germany, and Communist Russia, and Communist China, and Communist Cuba, and these other nations. It'll make those nations look like resorts compared to the nightmare of what is coming in the form of an electronic, artificially intelligent, electronic surveillance totalitarian state. So, if you're honest, the Lord is calling you right now. He's stirring up your conscience. If you're feeling guilty, that guilt may be the Lord calling, convicting you of sin. Because if you're ignoring his call, and by ignoring his call, an all-out holocaust is going to break loose in America, then any moral man or woman would feel guilty by, about ignoring God. So I believe with all my heart, and this is one of the, the key parts of this ministry, Paul McGuire, Paul McGuire Ministries, Paradise Mountain Church, Paul McGuire Report, one of the key things that God has called us to do is to educate, train, and teach God's people what's coming, how to be victorious, what you need to be victorious, and at this critical time, how do we turn the tide, the tide of the spiritual battle? That's why I wrote my book, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World. And that's why I wrote my brand new book, which is at the printer, Power from on High. And you can still order that book at a financial discount, you jump on it and order it now. Otherwise, you're going to get it anyway. Otherwise, you'll pay more for it. So, so take advantage of the discount by going to paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. And pre-order a copy of Power from on High. And these books, along with the others, talk about all kinds of specifics as well as spiritual principles. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. And I let's just pray for a second. Just you and I. You don't have to do it out loud. You can do it any way you want. But let's just pray maybe a two-minute prayer. Would that be okay with you? Let's do it. Lord Jesus Christ, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ right now. And we come boldly 
into the throne room of grace, unmerited favor through, through the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask, we, we personally surrender, Lord, to your call upon our lives. And we pray, Father, right now in Jesus' name that the power of the Holy Spirit would call the lives of the people listening, and you would remove all ambiguity and confusion from their mind and ears, and they would hear your call clearly, and you would give them the power from on high they need to respond boldly by obeying that call by faith. And we thank you, God. We expect to see that prayer answered, God. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Paul McGuire. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. Welcome back to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. In my hands, I have a copy of my book, The Day the Dollar Died, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World, Prophecy of the Future of America, and um, Power from on High. As I said before, you can pre-order Save Money Now. And uh, as someone who pre-orders, you get your copy mailed to you, priority mail, before it's available to the general public. Let me read you something, a few things out of The Day the Dollar Died. By the way, I wrote The Day the Dollar Died in 2009. And all of the material in it. It's just as true today as it was then, and it explains the the dark secret behind our financial system. So, there was the passage of what was called the Federal Reserve Act, uh, which essentially allowed the richest and wealthiest people, the international bankers, to seize control. Of, of the American monetary system, our money system, okay? Now, um, this was an evil move because our Constitution requires that only we, the people, the American government, can print money, set interest rates, uh, control uh, inflation or recession or whatever. It It, it was a stealth attack, and basically it openly fulfilled Rothschild's bold statement when he said, I don't care uh, who's the prime minister or the president or the generals or the media or, or anything else. Rothschild said, the only thing I care about is that uh, who controls the monetary and banking system in the nation. And then Rothschild boldly said, because whoever controls the monetary system and the banking system of any given nation controls that nation totally. Now, what he was talking about uh, was something that they, they connived with the passage of the Federal Reserve Act, 19... Not 19, excuse me. Uh, 1914, 1915. And just let me read you a couple of things that these people were plotting way, way back when. They were plotting the takeover of America and every nation 
by planet Earth through their primary secret weapon, which is called debt. The way the international bankers and the globalist elite operate is they create situations that force nations, all nations, to be in enormous debt and have to pay off enormous interest to the banking, the banks controlled by Rothschild and a number of other uh, of the wealthiest banking families in the world. And um, what this does, for example, in in America, you had the passage of what was called the Federal Reserve Act or the Federal Reserve System in 1914. Now, the average American, including the people who call themselves economists or whatever, have no clue whatsoever about how our money system really operates. They're totally in the dark. And they're essentially imbecilic in their analysis, and they don't even understand the history of our monetary system. So what you have to understand is that the globalist elite are also the Luciferian elite. They are the international banking families, which represent the wealthiest and richest banking families in the world, and the wealthiest uh, people in the world. And the way they set up their pyramidical Uh, and Luciferian organizational scheme is that in every nation, they establish what is called a central bank. Now, the central bank, which which is established, is a bank that is deliberately established by the international banking families and the Luciferian elite. The central banks function to serve the exclusive interests of the super rich and the super capitalists. And so they can control politics, manufacturing, wars, they control that nation and they control the world once they control the monetary system. And the way they control the monetary system is they control the banking and financial system of any given nation through the central banks. Now, America, because America had a Bill of Rights and a Constitution, did not have a central bank. We had a constitution which said no bunch of super rich people can control our monetary system or create a central bank in the United States because only we the people, we the people, and the American government acting on the will of we the people can print money, uh, establish interest rates, etc., etc., so the international bankers are very serpent-like in their maneuvers. So what they did is they, they did a stealth end run around this safeguard of our money. And through both the Republican Party and through both the uh, Democratic Party, they had two competing programs that basically promoted the same agenda, which was to destroy the American we the people banking system to destroy the we the people banking system uh, controlled by the American government of we the people. The bankers destroyed that and secretly seized control of our banking system, our financial institutions, and our monetary system. They seized control of it by simply giving the central bank a different name. So they called it the Federal Reserve Act or the Federal Reserve Bank, 
But the Federal Reserve Bank was the exact same thing that they had already established in nations all around the world. That was called the central bank. So the two programs were basically the same, promoted by the Republicans and the Democrats, who both sold out the American people equally by allowing these international bankers illegally and against the Constitution to take control of our money supply. And that was the beginning of what you would say foreign control of our nation by stealth. If the American people were wide awake, if the media was operating, and if the uh, monetary system wasn't stolen by the international bankers, America as we know it today wouldn't be in the financial crisis that it's in. Notice that every financial crisis that America has been in began essentially with the creation of the Federal Reserve Bank and the Federal Reserve Act in 1914. Why is that? Because the creation of the Federal Reserve Bank and the Federal Reserve Act was done purely for the total and exclusive benefit of the international bankers, the world's wealthiest and richest families. Approximately at the time when it was created, there were 12 international banking families that, that controlled the Federal Reserve. And controlling the monetary system is a strategic, stealth, military, covert uh, method of conquest of a nation. Okay, so the central bank was created in 1914. Also, Rockefeller and the, the Rockefeller family and the Rothschild family played a big role in this. and. They created uh, what was called the Council on Foreign Relations, which is all, it basically represents the thinking of the globalists and the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds. And uh, then uh, the Rockefeller Foundation, the Carnegie Foundation, the Council on Foreign Relations that control, you know, media, banking, finance, manufacturing, everything. and and. David Rockefeller has been a key leader in this organization and worked with the former National Security Advisor, Zbigniew Brzezinski, to create the Trilateral Commission. And that is a secret plan, and I expose it in my book, The Day the Dollar Died. That is a secret plan that's out in the open, um, where um, America... Uh, would be ruled by the financial elite. And you would have two classes of people, like the slave-like class and then the super-wealthy. And that's that's like the, the basic architecture of what they call the New World Order, which is now called the Great Reset. Okay. Now, how did they get away with this? Because... Long before they established the Federal Reserve Act, the globalists were brainwashing our children in the educational institutions, the schools, and and the media, dumbing them down and brainwashing them. So, for example, on page 83 of my book, The Day the Dollar Died, 
I'm reading a quote to you from Dr. Chester Pierce, a Harvard University professor who was giving a speech to 2,000 teachers in Denver, Colorado in 1973. This is what he said. Listen carefully. It reveals it all. Quote, every child in America who enters school at the age of five is mentally ill because he comes to school with allegiance towards elected officials, our institutions, our founding fathers, towards our institutions, towards the preservation of our form of government. Patriotism, nationalism, and sovereignty proves that children are sick because the truly well individual is one who has rejected all of those things and is what I would call the true international child of the future. Now, think about, you know, you get the David Dollar died. These quotes are in the book listed. If you, if you think about what he's saying, he's saying that any child that believes in Christianity, the Bible, uh, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, patriotism, nationalism, and sovereignty, any child or student who believes in those things, he says, are sick. And the truly well individual is one who has rejected all of those things and is what I would call the true international child of the future. So, you see, education for since way before 1914 has been all about indoctrination, not education. Most Christians are asleep to that. And they better wake up. Because the goal is to create an America that runs on communist, Russian Communist Party principles and Chinese Communist Party principles. I mean, this is, this is pretty heavy-duty stuff. So, um, let me read you another quote. Now, here's the question I want to ask you. This is the question. Can I be personal with you? Can I be direct? Can I speak straight from my heart? I'm asking your permission, but if you know me, I'm going to do it anyway. Because I can't stop crying out from my inner man. There, 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 there has been a violation to my inner man and to your inner man and inner woman regarding our children, our society. There has been an egregious violation where you and I have been openly assaulted. And we have been betrayed not only by our secular leaders, but we have been betrayed by our religious leaders who did nothing to, with with few exceptions, like Dr. Francis Schaeffer, but who essentially did nothing to alert us properly of the danger and to educate us and equip us uh, strategically on how to be victorious over the danger. That ruptures my soul. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? That ruptures my soul. It's like somebody's taking a giant sword and ripping my guts. I can't take it. You understand that? That is how I process this rape of the American soul. I process it as an act of violence done towards us when all we were trying to do was love our neighbor as ourselves and preach the gospel. And I'm holding back for the moment, but I want to read you because you see what I what I want to ask you is 
there was a faithful contingent of true believers that were manning the battle stations, standing up, speaking out, and they should be commended and remembered and revisited, their teachings revisited, like Dr. Francis Schaeffer. But the larger percentage of evangelical leaders were cowards. That's not, that's not the quip or snide remark of Paul McGuire. That's what Dr. Francis Schaeffer would have said. They were cowards. They surrendered before the battle even began. Why? You say, why? How dare you say that? You say, let me ask you a question. What kind of church do you go to? A church which hides? A church which retreats? A, re- a church that pretends there's no spiritual battle and God is not calling people to get involved? Because if that's the kind of church you're going to, you've already surrendered and you've already joined the wrong side. So this spiritual war wasn't hidden from the Christian leaders and Christian people. All they had to do was read openly published books and statements. You didn't have to go to some obscure monastery and study for this. You just had to have your eyes open. And a willingness to respond to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You think God was up there in heaven sitting on his throne, smiling and winking at his people as all this was going on? I can assure you he wasn't. So let's go back to 1930. This is how far back and further this revolution, this Antichrist revolution in America occurred. So again, from my book, The Day the Dollar Died. In 1930, Charles Francis Potter wrote a book entitled Humanism, A New Religion. He said, quote, education is the most powerful ally of humanism, and every American public school is a school of humanism. What can the theistic Sunday schools meeting for an hour once a week and teaching only a fraction of the children do to stem the tide of a five-day program of humanistic teaching? Well, he's asking the obvious question. He's saying to the Christians, you've lost the battle before it began. How are you going to have to compete against us? We've got the kids, you know, however, however many hours a day, five days a week minimum, plus homework, and we're indoctrinating them with full-blown secular humanism. And you hope to compete with our messaging by, by having them attend a, a Sunday school for, you know, a couple of minutes on Sunday. We all know the answer to who would win and who did win that spiritual battle. Okay. Charles Francis Potter was one of the co-signers of the Humanist Manifesto, as was John Dewey, a father of uh, public education, who was a key signer of the Humanist Manifesto. The Humanist Manifesto was all these intellectual leaders and people like Julian Huxley, the first transhumanist. They all got together and they organized and they, they unified to, to totally reinvent the world according to humanism and atheism. And that is happening right now at the most accelerated rate we've ever seen, known as the Great Reset. So, all these humanist leaders said that they created, listen carefully, listen to what I'm saying. I have had so many discussions with teachers in love. I've had so many discussions with with Christian parents, and they insist to me that, that what I'm saying is not true. It isn't happening in their school. And I, I, every time I've checked it out, it is happening in their school. Let me read you what these humanist leaders 
said they were doing. They said public education was created for the purpose of indoctrinating students with secular humanism. So if you want to know why they created the public school systems, it was not because they were being nice. It was a cheap way to rally all your kids and my kids into a public school setting where they could hardcore indoctrinate and brainwash them like they do kids in Nazi, in former Nazi Germany and communist China and communist Russia and program them to be happy workers in the new world order. That's what this is all about. And as I wrote in my book on page 85 in The Day the Dog Died, listen to what I'm writing. I'm telling you once again about something that is now happening full-blown right in front of our faces. But this book was written uh, in 2009, and I've been fighting hell and high water to keep the message going out. Because I don't get because there's no retreat, there's no surrender, there's only victory. Um, so this is what the, their plan was, and I wrote about it in the book. And and the Great Reset is is now this plan covering the whole earth. So so children from very wealthy and affluent families will be groomed by the Great Reset for the upper echelon positions as an elite class, you know, like the prime ministers of different nations and stuff. And many of the billionaires have already been educated by the elite class from uh, preteen years. They were, they were educating them to be rulers. But and they will consist of about 4% of the global population. But they'll also control over 90% of the wealth. And then the working class and the lower middle class will be destined for slavery. And they intend to make the prosperity of the American middle class and the hardworking uh, working class, they, they, they intend to destroy Wake up. They intend to destroy your prosperity. I mean, you would think just for the sake of your own self-survival, people would wake up. And if you say that isn't happening, open your eyes. It's happening all around you. Okay, so, so the reason they're doing this is because in their plan, they can't have... Uh, see, America is a testimony to the power of the true God the power of the Word of God. That's why God raised America up above all the nations of the earth. And America is unique and different than all the other nations on planet earth, because America, unlike all other civilizations, empires, and super-civilizations, America is the only nation on planet earth that has had a vibrant and thriving middle class since its very inception. The middle class as as an actual entity is non-existent throughout human history. Throughout human history, every nation or empire had either the ruling elite class and then they had the slave class. There was never a middle class. Only America, because of its biblical values, was able to birth and maintain a middle class. But the heads of the New World Order, 
or the Great Reset, they despise that. And so right now, they're using the Great Reset as a wrecking ball to destroy that. And we have to stand for the things of God. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. I need your help financially. I need your help with prayers and volunteerism. Together, victory is ours. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire.